Meredith also always does such an awesome job with those videos. Good morning, everyone. I am so happy you all are here and a tiny bit surprised because it's a very cold morning. So thank you for braving the cold weather and thank you to all of our people online who are joining us. Maybe you're traveling or just are staying warm at home. Regardless, we're happy that you're here. If I haven't had the honor to meeting you yet, I am Haley Bryant. I am the pastoral intern here at Christ United. What that means for me is that I'm finishing my seminary education at SMU Perkins School of Theology. And to complete that school, I have to do an internship. So I am the intern here. I work primarily in youth ministry. We have a lot of youth kids here today. Look at y'all represent. Thank you for being here. And I also work in care ministry and on special days I get to be in modern worship. I have the privilege this morning of closing our Christmas season throughout Advent. We have been studying the book of Luke, and I was teaching an Advent study, and on the last day of the Advent study, then one of the ladies said, I am so ready to be done with Luke 1. We've been in Luke 1 for an entire month. And while that is fair, I regret nothing because Luke is such an awesome telling of the story of Jesus coming to the world. We have a teenage mother and her betrothed husband. We have them in a new territory because they have been displaced by this government that they live under. We have shepherds who are like the most outcast members of society and we have angels showing up to them. The story of Jesus' birth in Luke is a story of Jesus coming to the lowly, and that's such an important message. But today is Epiphany. Today is the day that we close our Christmas season, and we talk about these people called wise men. And that story comes to us through the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew tells the story of Jesus in a much different way. Whenever we see Jesus, we see Jesus among kings and magi and chief priests and all of these really powerful people. And all of these people are asking questions about this new child that's been born. And I think the Magi ask the most important question, which is, what if we have seen a light and we interpret it as God? Let's read that story today. We are in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? We have observed his star as it was rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And he called together the chief priests and the scribes of the people, and inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and he learned from them the exact time in which the star had appeared. 
Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child and when you have found him, bring word to me so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they'd heard the king, they set out and ahead of them went the star that they had seen at the rising. It went until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with his, mo his mother, Mary, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, Amen. Who are these wise men? They are called magi. They're likely part of a Median tribe who are astrologers, possibly magicians. They are not Jewish, but they see a star in the sky and they interpret it as a Jewish king coming to the world. And they don't just sit and con like contemplate this phenomenon. They're so compelled by what they've seen in the sky that they set out on a journey. Personally, I love a Christmas story about a journey. Most of my Christmases, including this year, have include, included a road trip to go see some family members. Um, Almost every Christmas has included a road trip from where I grew up in Oklahoma to New Mexico so to see my grandparents. So there, it's an eight-hour car trip, and there are six people in my family. So we would load up in the Suburban and usually be driving on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Many a Bryant Christmas dinner has been held at Whataburger or Dairy Queen, just because that's what you do when you're traveling. I remember one specific Christmas when we were traveling and we were having a really hard time finding somewhere that was open on Christmas Day. And so outside of Amarillo, we stop at this big truck stop and we go in ready to pick up some chips and crackers for Christmas dinner. And we find out that the diner inside of the truck stop is actually open. And so we're so excited and we sit down and my younger brother, who's approximately four or five at this time, orders cinnamon roll pancakes. I'm sure he was only allowed to order this because it was Christmas Day. And when the plate comes, there's these two gigantic cinnamon-flavored pancakes covered in frosting. And he pours syrup on top of the frosting and then takes a really big bite. And as soon as he's swallowed, he declares, this is the best Christmas ever. My brother with a sweet tooth knows something about enjoying the journey, that we spend a lot of time on journeys and it's important to notice the joy that comes along the journey at times. I think about these wise men and we don't know a lot of details about their journey, but we know that it had to have been a long one. And I don't want us to miss the courage that beginning this journey took. The Magi, like we said, are not Jewish. In our context, if we met the Magi, we might call them non-believers. 
yet they see something so incredible that they're willing to take a long journey to follow a light that they've seen in the sky. And a star seems like a fickle thing to follow. The star seems to move westward in our story and then become stationary over Jerusalem. And then it goes southward to the precise location where Jesus is. And then it stands still again. I don't know about you, but sometimes a faith journey feels like following a fickle star. Sometimes it seems like there are stops and that there's something that we're following and then it grows dim. And while that can be scary, I want to say that it's okay because journeying towards Jesus is the work of a lifetime. And our paths are windy and there may be stops and sometimes when the light seems to burn out, we can recognize a new star in the sky. What I found fascinating in researching the story of the wise men is that God is not explicitly mentioned anywhere in the story. Instead, God is active through dreams and through a star. One source I read said, God is working behind the scenes ambiguously and unobtrusively. If we, like the wise men, notice this behind-the-scenes work that God is doing and allow it to propel us into a new journey, I wonder what would happen. Since I really like thinking about a journey as a road trip, um, I think about how a road trip is significantly better whenever you have a buddy with you. I think that the perfect road trip buddy is a really good DJ. They have to play all the best music for the road trip, and it's best if they have a big bag of snacks with them. We don't know how many magi made this journey. We know that there was more than one of them. That's all we know. So they didn't do it alone. They had someone to travel with. And when they reach the end of where they know to go, they stop and ask for directions. Now, they did stop and ask one of the most unpopular people, um, and especially in the eyes of the Jewish people. And maybe on the way home, I like to imagine that on the way home, the wise men were like, I cannot believe you stopped and asked Herod for directions. He's like the worst person in the whole world. He's so mean, and he murders all of his sons. And I can't believe that. We're associated with him forever now. It probably happened exactly like that. <laughs> But I think that we can learn from these people who the Bible calls wise that sometimes we need help. They ask for help and after some research is done, an answer comes from Scripture, from what we call the Old Testament now. And you and I, reading this story, know that Herod is the villain and that his motives are not pure, but I think it's worthy of noting that he does point the Magi in the correct direction. It makes me think of people on my faith journey who have helped point me in a helpful direction, either someone that I have known personally or maybe an author that I've read and really been inspired by. And then as time goes on and I change and this person changes, maybe there's an issue we don't see eye to eye on anymore. 
Maybe there's a bunch of issues we don't see eye to eye on anymore. And while it may be tempting to disregard what's been learned from them, the truth is that my interaction with this person was instructive and helpful for that time. There are no people in my life who match Herod. I want you to know that. And hopefully not in yours either. And if you don't understand why Herod is such a terrible character, keep reading in chapter two and it gets worse. But I do have respect for the direction that Herod provided. And I have respect for the direction that people in my life have provided me because of what it's meant to my personal journey. The wise men did not travel alone, and neither do we. We have people to whom we can turn when we're unsure of where to look for a star. We have help from fellow travelers and from a God who is always guiding us. So that like the wise men, we see that when we see that a star has stopped over where Jesus is, we may also be overwhelmed with joy. Our journeys with God are not linear, but they do involve movement. I want to leave us with this. What if in 2022, we searched harder for where light is in the world? And what if when we saw light, what if when we saw a good thing happening, we named it as God. We said that is from God and that's because of God. And then what if that propelled us into action to become involved with this good that we see God doing? What if that light motivated us to participate in the good? I think that that light would change us. And I think it has the potential to change the world. Amen.